The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, we're going to switch gears here for a second uh, because this is a topic that you texted in a lot about last week. So I thought I'd follow up with it, get some of your questions answered. And it has to do um, with the pine be- beetle asking about that that cold snap last week and did it have any effect on those notorious pine beetles Uh, we're all hoping to find a way to stop it and cold is one of those but did it do anything Uh, to find out we're joined by Caroline uh, Whitehouse a forest health specialist with Alberta Agriculture and Forestry and Mike Underschultz the senior forest health officer Caroline and Mike thanks for joining us hi there hello oh right so did we get some luck with the cold weather and get some winter kill Well, um, I think uh, first I wanted to just talk a little bit about mountain pine beetle biology. Okay. Um, Give a little bit of background. So mountain pine beetle, they spend um, the winter under the tree bark as, um, as little juvenile larvae. And they can't tolerate freezing, um, you know, unlike some other wildlife that, you know, spends its winter in Alberta. And so they actually produce um, a chemical in their blood, um, basically, you know, akin to an antifreeze. Okay. And that helps them kind of tolerate the cold temperatures by avoiding um, freezing. And so as the winter progresses, mountain pine beetle build up stores of this um, antifreeze so that their peak cold tolerance actually coincides with um, the coldest um, period of the winter. So Sneaky little critters. That's right, yeah. So definitely this time of year in January, February, um, they're much more cold tolerant than they would be, say, in October and May. Okay. So how do we monitor then? How do you monitor, how do you find out whether or not they died? So, well, it kind of, we do um, uh, several kind of types of surveys um, in order to assess this. So we won't really um, understand the true impact of these cold temperatures until next year when um, mountain pine beetle, you know, finish their development in those trees and then leave those trees to go and infest new trees. If we see fewer trees being attacked on the landscape, then that's a really good indication that those populations aren't growing um, and that we had, you know, more mortality during the winter. So can you backtrack for us? Um, how long ago now has it been that uh, that these bugs showed up and started wreaking havoc on our on our on our forests? I think it was probably in the early 2000s when we first, I think it was about 2001 or two when we first uh, detected mountain pine beetle on provincial land and that was down around in the Canmore corridor. Um, and slowly, I guess, uh, they, they crept into a few other places around into the Wilmore Wilderness Park, but it really wasn't until 2006 when we had a major inflight of mountain pine beetle into the province, and that was kind of a result of the, uh, the massive outbreak that was occurring in BC at the time. And so that sort of spread mountain pine beetle far and wide into the northwest part of the province. And then again in 2010, we had another large uh, beetle uh, movement situation where again we had a, a huge amount of beetles flying over large parts of the province so 
since that time, um, we've kind of been dealing with the, the beetles that are now here in the province and, and reproducing on their own. So we know uh, we talk about uh, these cold spells. We ha- we did have a, a good cold spell last year. Caroline was saying this, it's kind of like year to year to, to find out whether or not last year's cold spell did anything. Did last year's cold spell do anything for the, I guess, this past summer's, uh, you know, this past summer's um, growth uh, or spread of the pine beetle? Well, so I'm another bit of their biology to explain is that um, just because of the sheer number of beetles that are present during an outbreak, like the one that we are seeing in the Hinton, around the Hinton area and in some other places in the province, it really takes a lot of mortality to actually okay. suppress the population. So you'd need at minimum 95% of um, a population to die. And, and to just put it in context, so if you had... Um, say 100 beetles that were in a tree and you had 95% of those die, five beetles are still alive. Uh, Three of those are female uh, and they'll go on to produce 40 females themselves. So that would still be, you know, approximately like, you know, about 120 beetles produced from that tree. So that's definitely much better than if there was no mortality at all. Um, But it takes time um, to knock these populations back and, um, and that's why it's also still really important that we continue to um, aggressively control mountain pine beetle. We've gotten a bit of a reprieve from these two cold um, yeah. events in 2019-2020, but still, you know, they're able to, they're quite resilient um, at these outbreak levels. Caroline and Mike, it, it just seems to me that this is like, the, it's like that, that's the, the song that never ends. This is going to be like the battle that never ends against these, against these bugs. Um, what else are you doing to try to, to, to stop the spread? Uh, well, we have kind of a two-pronged approach where we are controlling the beetle directly um, through the single tree cutting and burning as well as through uh, our industry partners who when they have the ability to focus their harvesting on infested stands Uh, and then the second one is uh, we call the the healthy pine strategy which is kind of a preventative measure where a number of forest companies in the province are um, harvesting primarily or I guess primarily focusing on the harvest of high susceptible pine where where beetles aren't necessarily there yet so the idea being trying to prevent future spread um, by by not having continuous carpets of mature pine in the province. So some stands are more susceptible than others? That's right beetles like uh, they like big pine trees essentially to put it very simply. Mm, okay, so they like the big they like the big ones. All right, so if we can, so are they being taken down in some cases? Uh, like the infested trees, do you mean? Well, you wouldn't take down a, a a good tree to prevent it from being infected, would you? Yes, that is that's really what the pine yeah. strategy is: is to try and reduce the overall susceptibility of Alberta's pine uh, forest on on generally in a whole. Yeah. All right. So we know that some of these beetles can fly long distances. We've seen. Um, I was reading an article today saying that they're showing up around some of the rural areas around Edmonton, south and southwest of Edmonton. Uh, what can homeowners do about this? What should we be looking for, Mike? Well, the the first sign that you'll see, or the easiest sign to notice, is um, 
what we call pitch tubes and they're little globs of sap where the the adult beetles have bored into the tree and the tree is then trying to protect itself by flushing uh, the beetle out of the tree and so it does create a big glob of sap there so those are what you'll find where the the beetles actually went in to attack the tree um, and if it was successfully killed uh, the tree then should turn red the following year yeah. the needles on the tree and it would be the entire tree that would that would turn color so um, but the idea if you're going to be controlling a tree on your property you have to be aware that the beetles uh, um, are only spending uh, the one-year life cycle in that tree. So by the time the tree's dead, the beetles have moved on. So it's those uh, trees with green needles with the pitch tubes, the first year that they arrive is when you have to, um, to do some work. And you can peel the bark off these trees or you can cut them and burn them is another opportunity. Okay. Um, is there anything preventative that we can do as homeowners? Like around, is there something that we can r- repel them? <laughs> is there like, is there pine beetle repellent? Uh, there is, yes. Um, I guess, first of all, the I guess the one thing you can do that's a bit of a natural repellent would be to keep your trees healthy. So keeping them watered, uh, keeping them able to defend themselves. Um, as well, there is a, uh, a synthesized pheromone called verbenone that it's, uh, it's an anti-aggregation pheromone that you can you can buy, and it's a, essentially a little pouch that you staple onto your tree that sends a chemical signal to beetles who are searching out a host, uh, the the uh, putting up the no vacancy sign. Nice. So it's basically telling them to go elsewhere. So and it does work when beetles are in lower populations. But in outbreak situations, it's found to be a little less effective. Okay, where would you find that stuff? Uh, I'm not exactly sure at the moment. I believe there's a few distributors that you can search out online. Uh, The product, again, is called Verbenone. Verbenone. All right. Uh, Mike uh, Mike Underschultz joining us this afternoon along with Caroline Whitehouse, telling us uh, the latest on the pine beetle battle, this battle that is ongoing and uh, continues to move towards, uh, you know, across the province. Caroline, Mike, thank you for your time this afternoon and your information, your insight. Thank you.